0: Trend, you know he'll attend. Oh shoot, oh
1: Your boy shoot. did it again. You're now
0: listening to Bobby and Friends. Bobby and Friends. You know, friends Hey
1: everyone, uh welcome to another episode of Bobby and Friends. And this is Bobby himself. And on today's episode, I have a great friend of mine, uh, Noah Harris, who is the first elected black male student body president at Harvard University, Um, and we'll sort of be talking about just uh, how we met, uh, as well as just sort of that experience of him being the first black male um, student body president that was elected by the student body, Um, and just some things that he's involved in at Harvard, some of his dreams, um, his lived experience of coming from Mississippi, uh, and all that, and so um, be sure to tune into this uh episode and it will also actually be my last episode i will have a bonus episode on this on to after this one um well i will be talking about sort of just the experience of making this podcast and sort of season one but on today's episode it is uh about noah harris and it is the final interview episode of season one of bobby and friends so make sure to share with your friends your frenemies your best friends people who you're not cool with i don't care just share with anybody um and i hope you really enjoy this and again be sure to follow me at bobby underscore x underscore friends on instagram and on twitter um thank you so much hope you enjoyed this episode hey noah how are you doing today doing all well, right thanks for having me man of course well welcome to bobby and friends it's a it's a pleasure of mine to have you on and uh Excited for this conversation.
2: Same here, yeah.
1: Well, first of all, could you just introduce yourself a little bit about sort of like what's your name and, and sort of like what school do you go to and also where are you from?
0: Sure. So I'm, I'm Noah Harris from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I'm a junior at Harvard. I, I study government. I'm the student body president over there in, uh, mm-hmm. at Harvard. And um, so
1: I guess that's been, a, that's been a really cool experience so far and, and looking forward to um, getting to the second half of this term. Yeah. So how was it like sort of being, I guess I'd call you like a boy of the South from, you know, Mississippi uh, ending up to sort of like Harvard? Sort of how was how was that navigation for you? Was Harvard sort of the the number one? I'm sure it's probably the number one uh, school you were thinking about sort of. But what made you sort of get interested in Harvard and, and wanting to go towards the East Coast uh, coming from the South?
0: Yeah, you, you said it right. Uh, the South is really all that I've ever really known. Uh, I mean, I've traveled here and there, been to conferences this area, that area, but the South is definitely home. Mm-hmm. And so picking all that up and going to, to Massachusetts to live in a city and that was all just so different yeah. from, from what I'm used to and it's just it's just different I think I don't think that makes it necessarily worse but yeah. I think what put Harvard on, on the radar because it really wasn't it really wasn't there at first mm. was I, I went to the Stanford Law Camp
2: and yeah.
0: you know we were we were learning about law and all of this it was a pretty pretty big deal just for me to be there I was like okay this is cool this is interesting I've uh, never really been in an, I guess in a weak space like that mm-hmm. and and I, I mean I expected to, to struggle yeah and to, just just to, to tell you the truth because you know I'm from Mississippi we, we have you know we're on the up and up kind mm. of but
1: yeah you know, we
0: I don't really get much of I'm never able to really measure myself mm. like that where I what I'm doing and you know how 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 what I do right now would really translate on, on something you know a stage like that and so I did really well at the camp mm-hmm. we had this um this um trial and a whole competition i ended up getting one of the um, the best attorney awards and, mm. and so it was just it was just a really eye-opening yeah. experience of not necessarily
2: what i could do because i believed in myself mm. but
0: i don't know it was just that oh this is stanford you know this is like a it's like a really elite school you know i was i was thinking about um more of the Okay, the Southern Ivy. So mm. I was like, okay, it would be
1: awesome if I got into Vanderbilt or right. or Duke or 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 Georgetown. You know, mm. your soon to be alma mater, sir. And, hey, man. And all, and, <laughs> and all of that. Um, and so I,
0: that, I mean, that's where I was. That's where I was aiming at. I've loved sports my whole life, mm. and those, those schools are definitely ones that you resonate with,
2: but also have and it's exceptional academic culture yeah. and,
0: and climate over there. And so mm. I think mean, that's what I was more so thinking about and look at that camp and did well, and this is going to be a long story, but go ahead. Uh, so I, I, I met these people and for just for, and around everywhere. I'm like, okay, what are the schools y'all are thinking about? And they're like, Oh, you know, Harvard, Princeton, Dale, U Chicago, Georgetown. Mm. I was, and I would say, Oh, that's, that's interesting mm-hmm. because I mean, You know, I didn't know what those students really looked like, you know, the people who had the prospect for something like that, because I had never seen it, you know, I think the the best school I had ever seen anybody go to that I knew was Johns Hopkins, Mm -hmm. and that was the moon to me, so, and it's just, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but Mm -hmm. I think it's something that you just have to see to believe, that you're like, oh, I am on this level, and I, if I, if I apply, you know, I probably, I I won't necessarily get in, Mm -hmm. but, it's something that is within reach right and so i think that kind of planted the seed in addition to uh just my mom in general being in education from the kindergarten level all the way up to the college level so she's seen what that kind of looks like what the process Mm -hmm. is who's competitive what are they doing
2: yeah and so i think it was a combination of all those things
0: for which i I even applied and Mm -hmm. was uh blessed enough to get in but um yeah, I'm, that's why I'm trying to tell everybody, and you—you probably seen this too. Mm-hmm. It's just you don't really, you don't really know what that's gonna be like until you're in
1: those spaces, right? And you
0: know what, if you if you do what you love at a high level, then then you're going to be you're going to be what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And so I know i just be trying to tell people, I try to tell people that because they think of these schools as something that they just can't do. Mm. And I know I know what that feels like because and I was in the same spot, but you know, I was I was just fortunate enough to be shown otherwise before mm. it was too late.
1: Right. Wow, man. Well, you know what? Uh, glad you're at Harvard. Uh, definitely not surprised, man. Definitely not surprised, and I sort of want to talk a little bit more into why I'm not surprised. So, you and I met basically in the uh, in the United States Center Youth Program in 2018. Um, we were both delegates. I was delegate from Iowa, and you were the delegate from Mississippi. Um, and I right. sort of want you to dive a little bit into that experience of just like. Uh, sort of, what was the most impactful memories? Just sort of from that uh, year uh, when we did the United States Senate Youth Program together in DC. I think
0: it, it was a lot. It was a lot of things, but I kind of applied because uh, I knew I would need money wherever I was going. I was trying to go out of state. Mm-hmm. Didn't know where I would get in. I had applied to Harvard. had not found out yet. Mm-hmm. Actually, found out about USSYP. Then three days later, found out about Harvard. So that wow, was pretty exceptional. Yeah. Pretty exceptional week. yeah And so um, I was like, oh, you know, it's a really cool experience. Mm-hmm. The money is great. Mm-hmm. I heard Washington Week was interesting. I didn't know to the, to that extent. Mm-hmm. Like I thought, oh, you meet the president. You, should, you meet the president. Right. Um, I saw the video of President Obama mm-hmm. doing his, which was really cool. And uh, it's like something that, that was right up my alley politics, government, all of that, public service. So I applied. Uh, and so I think just just even being in DC for an extended amount of time mm. was appealing to me. Um, it's something that I really hadn't had the chance to do since around eighth grade. Yeah, pretty um, President Obama's inauguration as well. But that was I was like eight years old. And so being able to see DC and kind of all of it—not all of it—but getting the highlights and the major experiences was pretty amazing. Mm. But. I don't think anything can really compare to um, our meeting with with john lewis Mm. Um, and i've been i've been reflecting a lot more on it even even like in the time that he he's been gone Mm. and just to know i feel in that moment i i appreciated him so much Mm. and i and i'm glad and i'm glad that i did like, oh, I'll, I'll be able to see him somewhere else at some other point. But but it really felt, and it, it was, it was just hard to put into words how exceptional that moment was, Right, kind of where we were in the program and how he just kind of came in mm-hmm. and, and just blew us away, not, you know, not yep. by, not by doing anything necessarily special in that moment, but just being who he was, right. being 100% there you know like it and knowing knowing that his schedule was insanely past <laughs> <Yeah,
2: yeah. laughs> that. we're at about 40 minute period yeah you know he gave us everything mm-hmm. and and we felt it you felt it oh yeah um yeah
0: got to got to ask him you know the the question of as the as the last living um big a member of the big six kind of civil rights leaders where did he feel we were with respect to 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 Dr. King's, you know, dream what and, and you know achieving that as a as a society. Like obviously we weren't we're not there yet. But mm. and I think even even now I look back on that question, I'm like, I am glad I asked it. Yeah. But I'm I'm thinking about it and I'm like, oh obviously like I'm it was interesting to hear what he would say, but it's just so weird because in, in as a polarizing a time as we are in now mm. I don't think anyone would have even asked him that, but right. I think it just shows how the political climate can change the narrative around the situation. Mm. I mean, I was feeling optimistic. I was feeling a lot more optimistic yeah. at that point, <laughs> yeah. and I still am optimistic, but honestly, at this time, especially after the the, 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 the highest frequency of racial injustice, mm. it's, just, it's just so... It's just so insane to think about, but mm. that was an amazing moment. I, I think about it so often, mm. and I'm glad I'm glad we had that experience to even share so such a such a short moment with him, mm. um, not knowing that, that you know he would only have a couple years left.
1: Right. No. Yeah. It was, and, and I think, and even just hearing you talk about that experience, you know, it I I kind of get chills because it was like I remember. Um, and basically we met him at this it was we're staying and i forgot the name of the hotel we were staying and there was like a almost like a ballroom we were, where we were supposed to right, meet him right um and i remember like minutes before he was even like due to like enter the room like the room just went silent you know and when he entered there was it was just almost like an out-of-body experience um mm-hmm. and just really and i remember he walked past by me and i just it's so weird. I just, I, It just felt like a, a different experience. And, and, you know, you can almost uh, feel his righteousness in, in, in a way, if you could say, and you could put in those words. Uh, and I'm glad that we got that opportunity to see him before he passed away. And and definitely glad that you were able to ask him that question. But sort of to pivot a little bit, but still within the United States Senate Youth Program, I sort of wanted to know, sort of, what was your most fun experience throughout that week? Because we had quite... A fun week at the same time, right? So I just want to sort of know. So, what was your most fun experience, uh, or moment throughout that week?
0: That is a hard question. I, yeah. I think, uh, I think it was honestly the the uh, the, the dances that we had yeah. <laughs> and how high, how high we were for those. Honestly, <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh my um, god! <laughs>
1: from, from everything, from from Missouri, my, my oh, guy Missouri, Missouri, my guy Cam, just go
0: doing. I I realized I realized that the talent I was in the presence mm-hmm. of with yeah. with um, with with yourself yeah. um, on the on the dance floor. I think it was I think it was fun. There, yeah, it was definitely <laughs> there I don't know. There weren't that many. There weren't that many, I guess black people per se and yeah, I don't know, for just yeah, being from Yeah, yeah. From, from the South. <laughs> I, I just it was interesting to see kind of what what other people were kind of used to with, mm-hmm. with how those I don't know when certain songs come on because
2: mm, I don't know. If you're
0: yeah. if, it, if it's if it's a wedding, if it's a reception with my family, oh, the music come on, it's going crazy. But uh <laughs> But I mean I mean some people were kind of into it. Some people were just, ah, I'm gonna just sit here and talk. I don't know. we, we went kind of hard. Um, yeah. I think it was just I think it was just fun. Yeah. you know the time where we it felt it, we were only there for a week, but it felt like we were there for about a month oh, because yeah. we had so much time together. It wasn't just a conference. Mm-hmm. You know we were really bonding in between before after every single event that we had because it was all day. Mm. But then, even after an all-day, he got back around 9, 10, it was still all night, you know, after the all-day, getting to know people, talking to people, the dances, mm. the the debate
1: that right. I
0: I don't remember much about other than that it was hilarious.
1: Oh, the um, debates were interesting, yeah. <laughs> I think I think, I, I think Morgan hosted a,
0: uh, Morgan Atkins, hosted yep. a, uh, a kind of a faith circle or something mm-hmm. like that. And he looked Missouri
1: McCann starts coming and talking about Buddhism. Oh yes. And I just did not expect that out of him. Yeah. Um uh, and, and so this is a white boy from Missouri, country. by the way. This is a white boy from Missouri that we're talking about. So
0: <laughs> a lot of Right, things. right.
1: To add content. <laughs> oh man, that was a great experience and also shout out to Morgan Atkins, um who was your Mississippi cult delegate. Um one of the just right. brilliant and funnest people to be around. Uh, But sort of to get back to Harvard, um, you know, so you basically, uh, this semester you were elected as the first um, black male student body president at Harvard. Um, And I guess I had to put that caveat about elected because there was another black male who was student body president at some point. Is that correct? So
0: it's really hard to kind of explain. And I think the media did an okay job of portraying this correctly. I I tried to kind of police it where I could and mm. try to tell the, the full extent of it yeah. but so the undergraduate council has been around since 1982 okay and but until before 1995 or so yeah. they did not have popular elections uh, for, yeah. pres- for president and so they would choose their own chair ah. um, and they and for like two years they called the chair position President, mm. without without it being a popularly elected position, we we actually did have a, a black man be president mm. of the council. Um, what year was it? I feel it was around ninety ninety four, ninety five. Kerry mm. Terry Gabby actually mm. tragically died in, in an accident while uh-huh. uh, while he was an aide for Governor Cuomo. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I always try I always try and make sure that I'm contextualizing the history for right. people because there really aren't. There really aren't any records that mm. people keep up with like that and yeah. so whenever i'm going somewhere i'm trying okay so these are the people who came before and just, right you know who, who built them. and then there's
1: also um representative Ventress driscoll
0: who they in the florida house of representatives mm. and she was the first black woman to mm. be um uc president oh, wow. uh, as well and so and so that i, I liked like mm. those yeah. But um, so that's kind of how that kind of mixed up, and then and then we started having popular elections, and so that's where like
1: the, the student body president title comes from. Got it. Well, um, I'm, I'm glad y'all came a little bit. Yeah. Y'all became a little bit more democratic uh, in that instance. Um, and, and again, thank you for contextualizing and sort of give us giving us that historical understanding of sort of how that has that worked in the past. Um, and I was sort of interested. Like, why did you decide to run for student body president at Harvard in the first place? You know, like, what was it that sort of gave you the push or the passion just to, to want to do that uh to begin with
0: i think it was just a gradual thing there was no moment where i'm just gonna, you know i just kind of snap my fingers and said mm. okay let's let's go do this it was it was just kind of i had been there yeah um and so uh, i when you're kind of coming into the into the Harvard experience and you want to do student government, mm-hmm. the the first year elections are probably the most difficult. Really? And I, I say probably they they are. So okay. <laughs> everyone comes in. They were they were class president. Ah. They were student body president. Yeah. They ran some foundation. They did something. You know, they are like at their high school, and so they're coming in. They see student government. Mm. Um, you know, they see people getting a little bit of a attention here and there. Right. And so you have literally the, the first week of classes you have the the um the election for the for, for undergraduate council and so you have we have three uh, positions per first year yard and there are four yards mm-hmm. and so you literally have about twenty to twenty five people competing for those three spots every single year. Wow. Can you not and and so <laughs> it's just so intimidating. Especially as, you know, Person of color who's like, oh, am I, am I even supposed to be here? Mm-hmm. And it's literally the first week, so you you know some people, but you can't know more than twenty five people at that point, right? You know, and so it's really intimidating to be like, oh, I haven't met you yet. Vote for me for this, and also I'm running against twenty other people, rank me first, you know, and so it's it's hard.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't, know, I think when you make it, when I was able to make it past that, I was able to serve. As the first year, I was the chair of our finance committee that runs our, and we talked a little bit about yeah. this and how it's similar at Georgetown, but mm. funding all the organizations, yeah. being in charge of about 200000 to $300,000 on your own, kind of. And then on top of that, after that, I was treasurer as a sophomore, and so I'm over the whole budget of like half a million dollars and mm. making partnerships with, with companies and you know doing all of this and managing the bank banking system and the interface and writing checks and all that mm. and then so by the time i had done all that um i had already coordinated a, a partnership with headspace provide meditation and uh mm. mindfulness app for 1200 students yeah i had already worked on a lift partnership i already done a, a lot of different things so i think and in addition to the racial, moment of racial reckoning that we're still in, mm-hmm. um, that wasn't that wasn't just last summer, I think opened a lot of people's eyes last summer, but that, in addition to that, kind of gave me a lot more purpose mm-hmm. going into it, just kind of knowing that this is the moment for there to be black leadership at this level. that we can hold the university accountable to their commitment to Mm anti-racism we can make harvard a a place that everyone wants to be and everyone wants to call home regardless of their identity um providing mental health resources during the pandemic that they're needed more than ever right you know battling sexual assault Mm -hmm. uh, within our community It's just a number of different initiatives and at the same time just being there while we're virtual and having the leadership experience to know what to do, to know who to talk to. Right. Because, you know, I can't, I can't imagine having, you know, leadership who doesn't have those relationships with all these members of the administration mm. because you can't really do that. You can't really build those relationships over Zoom. Right. And so if it's not <laughs> yeah. there already, yeah. then uh, people, uh, people are going to miss out on things that they could, um, on, on certain things that, you know, they might not have
1: to. Mm. Wow, man. Well, uh, Matt, again, uh, congrats on that. And um, I know you're definitely going to make an impact. It seems like as if you're sort of already making an impact on campus and sort of some of the work that you've done. And, um, well, again, we'll continue to sort of follow the work that you're doing. Um, And I I sort of wanted to pivot away from Harvard um, and and sort of talk about some of your experience uh, in D.C. And so you interned at Capitol Hill at one point in one of your summers. Could you talk about just how that experience was like for you sort of interning at capitol hill and in the nation's capital
0: sure so i uh i interned for united states
1: senator from mississippi roger wicker mm. that was an that
2: was an interesting experience yep.
0: uh, being the defense his defense intern i think um i, I in addition to the united states Youth program mm. i think one, one of the things that sometimes gets kind of looked over with that program is how much uh, they really have an appreciation for the military and right. I think that definitely um, you know rubbed off on me then but then just continuing to to work on military policy mm. within you know this, the United States Senate and trying to, to find better housing for, for people on these military bases and, and doing all that work I think it was just really interesting yeah. um, and so I, I really enjoyed that as well as working on some disability um, policy as well, but just being being in D.C., being in the United States Capitol, giving tours, mm-hmm. I think it's just an experience that I, I'm really glad that I that I had, yeah. and just opening my eyes to what D.C. had to offer, to what our, what our federal government looks like on the day-to-day, and not just, you know, for that hour presentation when they're when they talking to the 104 delegates like, of the United States program type of thing, and, and I, I realized a lot of what you see on TV is just very, very fake. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, a lot of it is staged. A lot of the politics, you know, is staged. When you see when you're in the when you're in the I don't know in the vicinity, you kind of notice things on like how a lot of these. A lot of these senators and representatives are best friends, even if they're mm-hmm. yelling at each other right. on a national TV, trading soundbites. Mm-hmm. You see Republican senators getting getting drinks with, mm-hmm. secret, I mean, uh, Speaker of the House Pelosi, right. and you're just, uh, you know, weren't they just attacking each other? <laughs> they're, they're friends, <laughs> but but they, but it's politically expedient for yeah. them to fight. Right. But I, I think I, I think that needs to stop mm. uh, because it really. <laughs> It it really is is harmful because when we see our leaders doing that, regardless of you know what side you're on, you start doing that, Mm -hmm. and and so I I, why I do think that there there is a place for debate, there is a place for being mad at one another. Like I I think there's a lot of things wrong, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with with how black people, people of color, are treated, Mm -hmm. and I think. We need to we need to stand up for ourselves um but i do think a lot of the violence that you've seen mm. um with the with things like the capital insurrection mm. like that comes from the top right that's the message that you send these people are the our enemy these people are the other mm. and that's that's going to hurt the most marginalized people every single time right uh and so and i, I think that is something that people need to watch and like, oh, it's politically expedient. Oh, you can win an election by stroking division, but at what cost. And so I think that, that was that, that 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 was really opened um but kind of my eyes there to what is really going on. But also love love D C as a city, I it, it gives off all town vibes with, mm. um, with kind of a so was kind of a big city network mm-hmm. and big city opportunities. Mm-hmm. I
1: think that was really appealing to me and just the whole experience of being there for, for a summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love that. And so sort of talking about that, um, you recently uh, just got selected as um, one of the Truman Scholars for this year, which first of all, I have to say congrats on that. Um, but sort of yeah. with that, could you just sort of talk about how... In any way, shape, or form, that sort of to why you ended up applying for the Truman Scholarship in the first place, uh, and sort of how that relates to sort of some of the interests or dreams that you have for yourself in the future.
0: Yeah, well, I've, I've heard about the Truman Scholarship. I mean, it's—I um, guess in, in name recognition, it's probably up there with with Marshall, right. Rose, all those that you, that you hear about growing up. Mm-hmm. You wonder, you know, what that stuff is, or what it takes to win those things. But you just kind of hear about it. You're like, oh, those people, they're doing doing their Mm thing. You know, they're they're getting that recognition or whatever. But it's really interesting to kind of get into the weeds about those opportunities and Mm -hmm. kind of seeing what each one of them really means and who really applies for that stuff. Um, And so I think, and the Truman was just really appealing to me because it it sounded, you know, it sounded like me. It was public service, Mm -hmm. government service the inter- intersection of all those. And I, I look literally you look at my resume, every single job that I ever had, mm-hmm. government, politics, public service. And so it was really just if there is if there is one of these fellowship, I mean, it's this one. Mm-hmm. And I you know, the money for grad school is something that you just can't um, can't ignore. I think right. that's really exceptional. But I in a lot of ways I kind of saw a another kind of United States youth program experience in that Mm -hmm. but it was I mean of course different different
1: circumstances but I kind of saw as that as a kind of maybe more policy driven Mm -hmm.
0: um, service oriented version of of that I
1: think that I think that is very true uh, in a lot of ways and um, again congrats on that and I wish you all the best uh, before, but before I go to sort of the fun speed round questions about DC, I was interested in, like, is there something in which you're bad at, Noah? Because I feel like as if, you know, in this whole interview and I, you know, and I think most people that know you, Noah is almost good at almost about everything. He's a great basketball player, uh, great leadership, in achieving all this stuff. What is the one thing that, you know, people ought to know that you're not good at or, or, or you like sort of uh, <laughs> skills in? <laughs>
0: Well, I will say that things, um, you know, comes in and spurts. Like, some people are good at some things. Some people are good at other things. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we don't, we don't talk about, you know, what we're not great at. We're just like, oh, I'm good at this, this, and this. And then mm-hmm. we just kind of ignore everything else. So, I mean, I, I will say I'm not the best reader. Um, I, that's something that I've been working on right. for, for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And and I, it, it's, it's insane because, you know, the some of the coolest stories and the coolest places that you can kind of escape to mm. are, are, in those, are in those books, right? in right. those novels. And so I do force myself to, to experience that, to not miss out on that. Mm. But I mean, it's not, like, I'm not going to hold you, it's not an enjoyable experience. Right. So, um, like, it will take a while. Mm. And so I'll just have to force myself, okay, I'm going to read this amount of pages, this, or, or whatever else. But, mm. you know, I think being still... I mean, and you know, like, oh, I'm not good at this. I'm just not going to do it. Mm. Well, I think that, you know, that's not that's not what growth is about, right? Um, I guess I'll, I'm always focused on on trying to to improve that, and like, how how can I do that? Do I need to do this daily? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? Mm. How can I become creative around getting the information that I need, you know, without maybe having to read this whole thing or, or something like that, but. I kind of think that that's definitely a thing that I, I circle
1: back to, and um, yeah, I, I would say that would be it. Uh, well, and, and I would say, you know, the, the one thing I think I admire about you, man, it's sort of how, I feel like with anything, you're just always looking at how do I improve myself? How do I improve the situation? Um, and sort of not accepting... Um, uh just sort of this idea of feeling like as if you're gonna be limited but whatever situation or circumstance you're in and and i really admire that drive and that passion that you have about just always wanting to improve and do better um but having talked about all that we've talked about you know now we have to get to sort of the the fun fast speed round questions about dc because that's what this podcast is all about um, and so first of all i was wondering so do you have a favorite dc spot to hang out or visit when you've been when you intern here when you visited here like what what would be your go-to spot
0: So I'd say um, just visiting DC in general, mm. um, because I, I was there. I was there for a summer, and I don't know. I, I really like sports, and so yeah. I really enjoy being able to go to uh, baseball games, just mm. kind of whenever. Yeah. So I went to quite a few uh, national games. I think that was really cool. and so I'd say that was my probably my favorite kind of. I won't say it's like not a touristy thing, but. Mm. My favorite, just like you know, regular thing to go do, be by the, the ballpark, see what's kind of going on there. Right.
1: So I think, I think I really enjoyed that. Okay, I'll give you that. I actually have not been to a Nationals game, which is something I need to do. Um, and <laughs> now I'm not sure if have you. I'm not sure if you've experienced both of these cupcake places, but I gotta ask. Georgetown cupcakes are baked and wired.
0: So I have not experienced these cupcake places, but I have heard oh. about them. Um, and I think I think Georgetown cupcakes is is very very hyped.
1: Yeah. So blindly, I'm just gonna say baked wire just because Georgetown cupcakes cannot be as good as people say it is. See, you gave you gave the right answer. When when you're back in DC now, I'll take you to baked wire and then you'll see what <laughs> you'll see what Bobby and friends have been talking about. How good baked wire is. Sounds, sounds, good. sounds and, good. and do you have a favorite brunch place in DC that you have ever been to when you were here? So I do. I don't know where it ranks with regard to I guess the the
0: larger, I don't know, brunch spectrum, but mm. I, there's this place called Jimmy T and it's it's uh it's old school, it's yeah. um very very much looks like eighties everything got eighties kind of T V shows and movies playing on like a it's really kind of older T V. Mm-hmm. You have to pay in cash. There's only around, it only seats about 25 people in the whole, the whole place. It's yeah. not big. And so, I mean, I, I just, I really liked that place. I thought the food was really good. Right. And that's, that's
1: just a place that, that we just, you know, decided to go, you know, whenever we wanted to have brunch. All right. And what do you love about D.C.?
0: I got this a little bit earlier, but I, I really love how... I don't know, just the, just the culture in general and how it's—it um, doesn't feel like a kind of a big city, but it, it definitely mm-hmm. is one. It's kind of it's kind of like caught in, caught in between, mm-hmm. um, but it's such a but it's such a regional hub, and there's so many opportunities, mm-hmm. and so many jobs um, within government and, and public service, and I, every time I'm there, I just feel. I just feel hopeful. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to explain yeah. the feeling. Yeah. I mean, you may honestly, yeah, you may be able to tell me better than pretty much a lot of other people. But when you're there for a longer period of time, it just feels like there's an energy there um, with the with the people and just being around. I guess the center of our, our country's government, all the history. Yeah, I think that's really special.
1: And I also gotta ask, you know. Is there anything that you hate about DC? There's got to be something.
0: Uh, I gonna say I just hate that
1: <laughs> anything in particular. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think, I don't know how
0: how, how long i really, I've really been there all that long. I really experienced yeah. something that I hate. I mean, it's, I feel in the, in the summer though, there are a few places that can rival the Deep South like but that weather <laughs> is kind of crazy yeah it uh, is yeah and, and, I, and you know I'll, I'm, I'm you know it's kind of weird because I'm I know from the South like you when you walk outside you start sweating right at, at certain periods of the year and yeah. to see it was DC it would be about 90 degrees and you're not expecting very much I'm like oh 90 whatever but I don't know what it is but you're walking outside and it's just a different kind of dry heat that yeah. I just never really experienced like that. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I don't know, it just kinda hits it, it, it just kinda hit you different. It caught you know, off guard. If there's one
0: thing if there's, if there's one thing I would say it would be that.
1: Yeah, no that I agree with that. I, I do not like the I do not like the weather much in the summer. Um I still like DC in the summer, but the weather not as much. But hey man, uh thank you for coming on to Bobby and Friends. I really appreciate having you on. Um and obviously had you know, this is my last interview of the season and I was like, I gotta have uh I gotta have my man Noah on and so thank you so much for coming on, bro.
0: Thank you for having me. Honored to be uh, in this spot with you, man. Appreciate it.
1: Likewise.